the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm Headmaster and host Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. I'm joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Another good summer Saturday yes, evening to you, Rebecca. it is. Oh, I love summer. I do, I too. just eat it up. I, I never get tired of it. I'll take the rainy days. I'll take the humid rainy days. Yep. It's better than the snow, I right? know. Man, yep, absolutely. Me, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we can all agree that the best classroom environments are warm, energetic, um, and loving while the instructor is full of joy and passion for the class subject and their students. Our guest tonight is taking the arts and creative expression to such a level that's helping restore what's been historically lost in the arts. Liberty Classical Academy's Dr. Kim Cox has taken the school's theater program and drastically changed its tune, and her students love her for it. (laughs) Absolutely, and in her own life, Dr. Cox developed a sincere passion for the arts after joining a school in the seventh grade that emphasized them, and this emphasis really helped her view learning as a whole through the lens of creative expression, something I've never thought about before. Mm -hmm. And despite the never-ending pursuit of recovering centuries of loss in the arts, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, Dr. Cox lives out her passion by helping and equipping students to find their God-given abilities to be creative. That's right. And Dr. Cox studied art and performance throughout her education and career and recently finished her doctorate. She led a performing arts academy for more than 15 years and has worked in theater and drama in a variety of capacities. Her focus now is Liberty Classical Academy. From Mulan to Les Miserables, from kindergarten through 12th grade, she is successfully building a theater program that is as sophisticated as it is challenging. And it's working. Well, I should say, and it's working. Yes! (laughs) Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Cox, thank you for joining us tonight on Education Nation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. This is going to be a great discussion. Yes, it it really is. Well, let's begin with a first century story that fuels your passion for performing arts and theater. So what happened when the Romans transferred the ownership of a theater to the first century Christian church? Did the result of that transaction set the trajectory for the historical role of the arts, not only in the church, but the broader culture when it comes to displaying the creativity of God? Yeah, so interesting. We may have made a difficult situation a little worse back then, I'm afraid. I I have this story from a fantastic friend and pastor um, who, when I was teaching in Idaho, I mm-hmm. went to him and said, listen, we have a huge 
church building. And during the week, we should have like a performing arts school here where we could teach lessons and arts. And, and he um, said, I'm on my way to Israel for a trip. We'll talk about it when, we, when I get back. So while he's in Israel, he's on a tour with a guy from DreamWorks. The big DreamWorks. <laughs> and they're discussing, they're on a tour of what was a Roman theater that was um, given to the Christian church in the first century. Hmm. And the church turned it into a pig farm. What? Yeah. And because they, um, theater back then, they viewed it as paganistic and they didn't like what was going Uh, on in the theater. So hmm. when the church took control, they shut it down. Hmm. And my friend turns and he's just listening to history. He's not thinking it's particularly moving. And the guy from DreamWorks is crying. And he's like, dude, are you okay? You know, are you okay? And he said, can you imagine where theater would be today if the church had embraced it Mm -hmm. instead of shutting it down? Right. And he brought me a tiny little stone, which I don't think you were supposed to do, Brian, by the way. <laughs> and he put it on my desk when he got back. And he's like, let's talk about your performing arts school. He's wow. like, let's bring the arts back to God. That yeah. is really cool. It was what super a nice cool. It gives story. me chills yeah. every time. Yeah. Super cool. And yeah. you think about the pig farm, too. I mean, that's the ultimate expression yeah. of, like, yes. this is disdain. the low Yes, of the low. disdain. Especially, you know, in yes. the Jewish yes. culture, too. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's take right. this, let's put a label on it that is so disgusting. Yeah. Nobody That it will, will never come back. That's right. Yeah. It wow. will never come back. And so, you know, obviously by the Middle Ages, the church comes around and we start with passion plays, but we're a bit behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, where the theater, the world took off with the theater and we're chasing mm-hmm. behind it. Still, after Still, all these years, isn't after, that amazing? Yes, yes, yeah. Because yes. we really do see that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later yes. as well, that it just hasn't been embraced. Exactly. Um, well, fast forward then 2,000 years. And why do you believe that many Christians today are casting off the arts as a lost cause or a worldly pursuit? You know, that's that's interesting to me that sometimes as a body of faith, when we want to influence, when we see something that we think is bad, instead of jumping in to influence it and change it, right. we just shut it off mm-hmm. and say, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know of any other issue that we, that we would do that with. Like if you're looking at the fashion industry, you love fashion, but you look mm-hmm. at the fashion industry and you say, I hate what they're putting out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go be a dentist. Right. Wouldn't you want to be a fashion person so right. you could go influence that culture right. for right. change and exactly. design what you want, what right. your creativity says. Right. And sometimes as a body of faith, I think we're afraid to get close mm-hmm. to what scares us and what, you know, we, mm-hmm. but that's the only way we're going to make an influence for right. good. And this is what we see in our culture today is Christians do not have the same level of influence in any of the big realms of culture, media, education, even politics. And I always, we, you know, we talk about this as one of the reasons why we started at our school, Liberty Classical Academy, is that we want to be training up students who are not afraid of the culture, who don't run, right. who don't live in what we call holy huddles, you right. know, where you kind of shun all of the rest of society, but you, you go in and influence. Yes. And if we don't do that, then the Christian, the Christian worldview will never be spoken into those realms of culture. So like you say, the one of the, one of the areas that is the most least influenced right. by Christians is the realm of the arts. Yes. And we just kind of close our eyes and go, la, la, la. Yeah. And to be honest, when we try and do something on our own, it's the production is not the production value is not as good. Yeah. And um, and it's cheesy. People yes. always talk about that. The, the, it's that's cheesy. the word right there. Cheesy. cheesy. It's yes. so cheesy. Christian <laughs> movies. If, if I have to go to another thing, I'm like, oh, I know because I'm embarrassed for um, right. I'm a person of faith. I'm also a thinker. Yes. And uh 
and a get out there and let's talk about it. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. The first time I ever directed uh, Les Miserables was with this same pastor. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned because I was going to be doing it in our church building. Mm-hmm. And Les Mis is heavy. Yeah. Yes. And so I brought Brian in and I sat him down and I said, all right, I want you to watch this scene and tell me if it's just if it's just too much, you know, mm-hmm. just and tell me what you think. So we do what I would consider the, the hardest scene mm-hmm. to do. And I turned to him and I say, okay. You know, what'd you think? He's like, what was I watching for? And I was like, <laughs> well, there was a whole bunch of sin on that stage. Yeah. And he said, don't you have to see them sin before right. you see them get redeemed? Right. Mm. Exactly. And I was like, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. I understand. And you yes. know, that's, uh, I just keep jumping in here. I'm sorry. No, but, but with classical Christian education, that is one of our di- differentiations. And actually, very few parents um, have a problem with that. But occasionally, we have had a parent say, well, I can't believe you're doing this play. I can't believe you're doing this Shakespeare play. Well, or this play, whatever play, um, because it has sin in it. But that's the whole point is that we have to be real. We have to help our students understand that this is the reality and that's why we need a savior. And that's also why we need to be influencing the culture. Right. And and it's okay for students to see the natural consequences to choices. Right. And if you take a play from Jesus's playbook, he did not heal people 5,000 miles away. He, he, w- he was in relationship with people mm-hmm. and he was in the midst of their ick right. and then taught them and guided them. Yep. Yes. And, yeah. them. So. and of course, if, if it was the opposite where sin was being glorified, that would be a oh, different thing. Totally but, different. But that's not the case no. in any of these. Right. And what's happening too is we're seeing a misapplication of, you know, being in the world, but not of the world. But then we take it to the extreme as a, you know, a church body where it's, well, let's not have that influence at all. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I totally yeah. get it. I mean, all conversations are good conversations. And at the end of the day, you can say, mm, that's too much for me. I disagree, you know, whatever. But that's why we, we shy away from mm-hmm. what we don't want to mm-hmm. expose ourselves to. But yeah. if we want to make a difference, you have to get involved. You have to get involved. You got to get your feet dirty. Yep. You get your hands dirty, your yes. feet wet. Yes, <laughs> that too. Yeah. You know, you've had a burning passion for the arts since at least the seventh grade. If you share with our listeners how your attendance at that time at a school stressing the arts opened up learning for you in a way that made sense. I'm telling you, that school um, changed my life. It, uh, much like classical education, it infused all the arts into the daily curriculum. So I am too jumpy of a student to be able to sit down and listen to a lecture. I have to doodle. I have to, when I'm in church, I'm doodling and messing. And and I remember that we were supposed to be studying the depression. So we did the play Annie. Mm. And so many people think of Annie as just yeah. cute kids and buckets mm. and mopping. Mm. And, but what it is, it's just a study of Roosevelt and the New mm-hmm. Deal and the effect of the depression on the American family, most mm-hmm. importantly, children and poverty. And so I remember that to this day because I did it. Mm-hmm. I was I felt it and I was I embodied the history mm-hmm. instead of just listening to a lecture, which for a student like me would have gone in one ear mm-hmm. and out the other. And mm-hmm. glory be and God bless those students who can sit and concentrate, you know, for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you give me tools for my brain to absorb information outside of the norm, that's what that school did for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you were listening to Education Nation here on AM 1280 The Patriot. We are in discussion with Dr. Kim Cox from Liberty Classical Academy as we discuss creative expression, theater, the performance arts, the role it has in education. This is a 
a very thought-provoking discussion. I'm really interested to hear your take on this next, uh, this next point, this next question. You've pointed out that math makes sense to you as you viewed the subject through the lens of creative expression. Right? Math? What is yeah. this Addition, math? Subtraction? I mean, no, they're like completely opposite. <laughs> I mean, I mean how, how, how can math of all subjects be viewed through creative expression? Sorry, welcome to my crazy world. Um, <laughs> in, in my dissertation, I was fascinated that um, there are a large number of students when they're learning fractions, mm-hmm. they can't um, they can't break it down in their head. They're, they're just their lens is different. But if I show them a whole note, um, especially percussionists because they love to tap and they're mm-hmm. a little on the hyper side, mm-hmm. I can show them a whole note, which is basically one, and break it down into a half note, one half, and break it down into a quarter note, one quarter, and suddenly. They've learned how to reduce fractions. Wow. Um, they're just doing it with drumsticks yeah. instead of um, instead of on that. the board. You know, it's just an mm-hmm. interesting way to look at it. And mm. there was a study done for literacy. It blew my mind that um, uh, in Louisiana they had a third grade section in their district that their reading scores were off the chart low, and it wasn't. Um, their actual ability to read; it was their comprehension, and they couldn't figure out why they couldn't make the jump into um, not just the reading, the articulation of reading, but um, putting it into the overall story. They, they did the oddest thing I thought was fascinating. They brought in a string quartet, and I just knew that the study was going to say, and they played them classical music while they read, mm-hmm. and their brain cells, you know, no, that wasn't it at all. <laughs> During their reading time, they put the quartet in the middle of the room, and they just rehearsed. And the students, while they read, were watching the violinist say, okay, this is the lead. I'm the lead in this passage, mm-hmm. so I'm going to swell and get really big here. And the cellist is going to lay back a little bit because you're the underlying theme. Mm-hmm. Then when the cello, when it's time for the cello to come forward, and they just watched their process of what was the main theme, what was the underlying tones, how did it all come together in the end. And amazingly, that made a difference in their literacy scores, being able to put the pieces together mm. Hmm. By watching um, musicality take, hmm. t- I know I was waiting for hmm. them to say, and we also tutored them right. after school, <laughs> and we also, you know, fed them <laughs> organic bread. Um, but it was just a different way to look through the lens. Wow, so, that is cool. really interesting, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. That's insightful. You know? Yeah, just change change what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's focus a bit on your personal philosophy when it comes to teaching theater. Mm. How important is the emotion of fear? and the craft of creativity in molding students to maximize their potential in learning. Poor fear. Mm-hmm. You know, for students, I think for everybody, fear is relative to vulnerability. So the more I'm asking them to put themselves out there, the more they're going to pull back because that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So I try and always start with laughter. And when I'm in the classroom, I know I'm a smart person who's done a lot of things and I have all these accomplishments. But in the classroom, I need to be just another human being on the same journey with Jesus that that they're on. Mm -hmm. So I try and um, share some goofy stories about times I messed up or times I did this or that and how did I fix it on stage and just get them to laugh. If if we can start there and build a bridge – um, we just start with those funny stories. When, Like when we were doing Les Mis, then we really had to start digging deeper. The, the interesting thing about theater and singing in particular is when you're playing the piano or an instrument, if I misread a note, that's a technical error. Or if I, my finger slips on a key, that's a technical error. If I make a mistake with my voice, 
that was a something that came from inside me and I feel silly now. And mm-hmm. for some reason, the level of fear skyrockets mm-hmm. for students because they didn't misread something or their brain just didn't click something. They exposed themselves and it wasn't appreciated. Mm-hmm. So I start out by saying everybody in here wants to feel success. So this is a safe place. I'm going to tell you my top five goof-ups. You know, one time I was on the stage and I fell in the orchestra pit. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and then we work into the deeper emotions from there. Um, they, have to, they have to know that I'm a trustworthy source mm-hmm. and that their, their colleagues around them, their peers around them, are trustworthy with what they're going to share. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first step in getting them to be creative is getting them to put their walls down. Mm-hmm. It's so easy with the littles because they have no inhibitions. Right. Right. And and they love to say, we could be tigers, we could be this, we could be there. Mm-hmm. High school imagination is, is imagination mm-hmm. is key. And littles don't have as many choices in their life. You know, it's you're going to math now and you're going to art now. But if you say, let's create this scene, they're so excited to to be involved. High school students are different in that they want to see the rubric mm-hmm. and they want to understand how to how to get the A. And I'm saying what if we get the A by going around the back door or coming in this side or doing it while we're crying? or do, And they're just like the color drains from their face. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's I have to infuse in them that nothing they do is going to be rejected, You know that, that um, every sense of creativity comes from God. And sometimes it's happy and sometimes it's heavy and sometimes it's angry, but they're all things God can handle. So let's yeah. get them out there and talk about it. Yeah. And just think of how strong the relationships are going to be once that mm-hmm. trust is established, not only just with you as the instructor, but as they're doing it together in community. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be a bond that would be unbreakable, mm-hmm. I would think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you kind of touched on this already here, talking about the expression, but it is difficult for them to express. But then can you compare that a little bit more like to math and reading and, you know, how does someone express themselves in the context of playing a sport? You know, how does that Mm. relate to the expression that is brought forth on the stage? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, In the context of of playing a sport, um, they're very, they're very similar to the arts in that we're asking you to be on a team. The difference with the arts is I think people expect you to have innate talent mm-hmm. when it comes to the arts and I see it as as opposite you know when we go to a little league game we all laugh because we expect them to look silly mm-hmm. and we look them we laugh when they run the wrong direction and we celebrate that mm-hmm. but we don't celebrate if somebody doesn't have a good voice mm-hmm. you know we don't ce- we we hide that away well, how are they supposed to get any better at it if we don't give them the opportunity to, to try mm-hmm. and so um, I think that talent you know we'll say oh she's very talented well she may be, and so may be the boy sitting next to her. It's just nobody has dug a little deeper mm-hmm. to see what he has hmm. in there. That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and so um, I, would, I would like to say we need to, like f- for us at our school, we don't do cuts in the program. Mm-hmm. It's not like you audition for the play, and then if you're good, you get in, mm-hmm. and if you're not, you, you sit to the side. How are you ever supposed to get any better right. or fine-tune anything um, if you're not given the opportunity to try? Mm-hmm. And so um, 
I think in the other classrooms you're forced, you know, you will answer the math question Mm -hmm. because I've called on you. You will read aloud because Mm -hmm. that's what's expected. But in the mm. in the music classroom, we really have to celebrate every effort so mm-hmm. that they can succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can even speak from experience with respect to my two sons who, when we first um, opened Liberty, they were not into drama at all. Mm-hmm. They were very, very concerned about being in the play. And by the time they graduated from high school, having done it, you know, once a year, every year, from the time they were in third and fourth grade when the school opened – I was amazed at how comfortable they were up on stage. Mm -hmm. And they were amazed, too, honestly. You know, I think that they were surprised by the transformation, too. Well, when we were casting Les Mis, um, auditions were over. And I will never forget that three of our top baseball players came and knocked on the door. And they Mm. said, is it too late to be in Les Mis? And I started laughing. And I said, (laughs) am I on candid camera? Yeah. And they said, no, seriously, Dr. Cox, we want to be in it. And I'm looking up and down the hallway, and I said, who just gave you 20 bucks to come yeah. ask me that? And they're like, no, really. And one of them scores the lead, you know, wow. and wow. and totally yeah. nailed it and was phenomenal. And, it, yeah, it just it made my heart sore. That is so, really a yeah. beautiful thought. Mm-hmm. Well, in the context of teaching theater, share with our listeners why everyone has within themselves the ability to be creative. Absolutely, because God created it. You know, <laughs> you know the Psalms are, are full of songs and dances, and God says, if you're not going to do it, the rocks are going to do it. You know, you Mm -hmm. have it in you. Mm -hmm. I think maybe sometimes people mistakenly, they mistake uh, creativity for a happy face. And it's not necessarily, you know, I bet some of the best doodles in somebody's journal was when they were struggling, Mm -hmm. when they were in the pit. Yep. And they're doodling to God, you know, they're drawing or they're, or maybe their colors are dark or, but how beautiful is that when you turn the page and spring, you know, Ecclesiastes says, you know, there's a time for everything and then there's a different time and your expression mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being happy. It's just about expressing what's deep within yeah. and it's okay. God's got this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like he doesn't already know it anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. for our students, for me to celebrate with you when you are having a rocking day, that is awesome. We're going to jump up and down and mm-hmm. celebrate. And when you are struggling and, you know, you like the guy, but he doesn't like you and all those stuff stinks. <laughs> and we can express that too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, ex- creativity is simply expressing on the outside what you're feeling on the inside. On the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can be so honest with students. I come from a really conservative Southern Baptist background. For me to raise my hands in church is like pulling, it was like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. It felt so uncomfortable, even though that's who I am inside. Mm-hmm. I'm happy, happy, joy, joy on the inside. It was very hard for me to lift my hands. I felt irreverent. Mm. And so I share that with the students. Like, this person struggles, too, with letting go Mm -hmm. and just not feeling restraint Mm -hmm. on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Creativity is no restraint. Just let it go. Right. We've been talking a lot about this emotion of fear and how to Mm. navigate around it. But there are some other common obstacles, too, I would imagine, that you see kind of hampering students in their ability to be creative. What are some of those? Pressure. Mm-hmm. Pressure. Mm-hmm. The pressure to get it, the pressure of what is the right answer. Mm-hmm. She's asking me to bark like a dog. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of dog does she want? Yeah. You know, and I see their wheels just <laughs> burning and I'm like, stop. Mm-hmm. Any kind of dog. And if your dog has seven heads, I don't know. What, what does, you know, what's your favorite? What's your, and it's interesting in my dissertation, I asked a student what their least favorite class was and it was art. And I said, how is your least favorite class art? And he said, cause there's no right answer. She just Mm -hmm. says draw. Mm -hmm. And he says, I stare at the blank paper. And so 
I'm sure you guys feel this too. Creativity is not something you put in a time box. Right. You can't say you have 10 minutes to blank. Right. Many times I will start typing some thoughts for some blocking and I have to just get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. And um, the pressure of time is a hindrance mm-hmm. to them. And the pressure they put on themselves to feel like she's looking for some kind of right answer. No, I'm just looking mm-hmm. for your answer. Mm-hmm. In the parameters of who God created you to be, um, and if something was wacko, I'll let you know. Right. Um, I- I'll let you know. But just look at who you are. Give yourself time to figure it out. And don't feel like at nine and a half minutes, if you need to walk away, that's okay. Right. You'll come back and it'll, it will spring up again. Mm-hmm. Right. It always comes back better, too. I know, like, yes. even putting the shows together or writing, mm-hmm. I have to get up a lot. Yes. There'll be times I'll sit down after getting up and then I'll be, like, looking at my phone for a little bit. But it all yeah. comes together eventually mm-hmm. as you just keep persisting and working at it and not yep. giving up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I make it a, an issue of prayer. I often Me fall too. asleep mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for a nap thinking, these are the things I would love to work out Yes, while I'm just napping and... And, and I just make it a matter of prayer. And students don't often think, like, why would I pray about, you know, blah, 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 blah. you can pray about, about anything. everything. That's right. Mm-hmm. I don't ever, I don't write a letter or a talk mm-hmm. or anything without praying first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can you explain for our listeners how growing and creative expression is a community effort of mm-hmm. supporting each other as opposed to an individual endeavor? We talked about building that trust earlier. Yeah. I, I, this is one of my favorites because, um, as a globe, when I don't know you and I'm not connected to you, it's easy for me to judge you or just not make you part of my circle. Mm-hmm. But when I know you, it helps me understand what you what you struggle with. And so the mere act of creating a character is asking you to see somebody else's point of view, one that you may have never considered. It's difficult um, for high school students to connect um, with certain emotions because they haven't felt them as deeply. So this gets a little little heavy, but you can't build music and you can't build theater without collaboration. Um, I can't build a one-man show because I can't get in everybody else's head. So even as a singer, when, you te- when you're teaching solo singing, you're teaching somebody to stand out. When you're teaching choir singing, you're asking them to blend Mm -hmm. and come together. So when we were doing Les Mis, there was a scene where the soldiers had to say goodbye to their families, knowing that they're going to be slaughtered. So I say to the gentlemen, you need to say goodbye to your families. And they they just had a blank stare. I said, this is emotional. This is sad. This is heavy. And they're looking at me. And and I said, "You, you can't connect to this. And sorry, listeners. I said, um, has anybody ever put their dog down? Mm-hmm. And they got very quiet. And I said, do you know that feeling of this is the last time? Mm-hmm. This is the last time. Mm-hmm. And suddenly everybody's walls came down and there was hugging and weeping. And, mm-hmm. and, and so talk about trust. You know, once they've done that, they've for one moment built a community where everybody on the stage got it. Wow. And I mean, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes you so good is that you're able to come up with those (laughs) examples to really draw it out of them, Kim. It really is amazing. 
Well, we are running out of time, but we have just a few seconds for you to answer our final question for you. Um, in your years of learning and now in your calling of teaching, how have you been able to help students break through some of the obstacles that you've mentioned and share with us what their initial reactions are once they come to the realization that they are able to be creative? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, you succeed in drawing it out of them. Their smiles. Oh, I just love their smiles. Um, I love to – okay. So you get this, you know, first of all, the littles, done. We have like 30 seconds. Ah! Go fast, go fast. (laughs) You celebrate. You celebrate with them. Even you celebrate the smallest things that you see on on stage. The smallest effort of I saw you um, connect with that. You're a leading lady, and it was phenomenal. You know, I sh- I, if they don't um, know that you've noticed the small things, they're afraid to keep taking mm, steps. Baby forward. steps, then. Yes, mm-hmm. baby steps. So, and then at the end, when they hear the applause, it's so funny. They rehearse for so many months with no feedback mm-hmm. that on that night when they hear it, they take a deep sigh and we just celebrate the life out of oh, <laughs> what a beautiful way to end this show you're so kind you are such a gift to liberty classical academy and we're thankful to have you on the show today dr cox we just are grateful for you and thank you to mark my co-host always my pleasure and thanks for coming in thank you yes. you guys thanks so much all right and thanks to our listeners as well and you can check out this podcast along with all the others at ednationmn.org ednationmn.org see you next week Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.